What's up, Jay Brones? Live from Toronto, Ontario, in Kansas City, Missouri, this is the Direct Podcast. I am your host, Mark Bass. My co-host is John F. Malta, and we are very happy to be here with you, our friends in wrestling. John, say something. Let the people know you're alive, pal. Dude, yesterday, you and I were talking about time travel. So Siobhan and I spent like the afternoon talking about it too, and she she had like incredible answers of like what she would go back in time to see, and like one of the things that I keep thinking about like are a lot of the things that I think of when I think of time travel are wrestling matches that I would want to go be present at. Oh, interesting. You know, while they're happening, like ones that I've like rewatched over and over and over again, and I, I haven't really like th- thought of this in specifically like moments, mostly just like matches and this sounds like a prepared bit but it's just been on my mind for the last two days and you you yesterday talked about how if you had the power of time travel you would go back to 1992 yeah to I buy joke- vhs tapes i jokingly not slash not jokingly said that i would go back to when uh this video store called midnight video closed because they were selling all their nest games in box for like you know, two bucks or whatever. And yeah, all their VHS, all their wrestling tapes, uh, go through, find the good VHSs, but you can, you can just, you make a killing. And I genuinely think that that's what I would do first if I had a time (laughs) machine would be to like go to places and buy stuff for cheap and not even for profit just to have it. Like just go back and buy like a NES game in box. You know, like pay full so, price for it and everything. Just like go to <laughs> Toys R Us in like the nineties and like buy just buy something you've always wanted to have, like in box, but it's too expensive. Like I would get like the Maniac Mansion Ness. Uh, oh game. yeah, yeah. It's just like I would get, so, and I would go and tell myself. I would whisper to myself as a young boy, I'd be like, "Don't throw away the boxes, like the SNES boxes and the and the N sixty four. Like I would, I would make room in my closet, and I would, I would save those." Uh, things that I had. Is this to turn a profit or just to have a sick? No, once again, not to, well, yeah, no, no. For me, I think it would be honestly to just have. You probably, little, probably collection. a little bit of both actually, since you're, um, I'm a huge pawn shopper. Pawn too. shop habits. Yeah. Like yeah. you'd trade in some, get some new things. So after you've traversed space and time to buy super Mario three mint inbox yes, and absolutely. hard target on VHS in the yes. shrink wrap, uh, what? Because you can't that's find hard target you, on VHS. <laughs> like uh, every single tough, like. That's a tough one. You certainly can't go on eBay and find that for like forty. Dude, like, cents. it's in the shrink. Every three, everyone, everyone that's listening to this, everywhere they are, there is a shrink wrap copy of Hard Target at the thrift store that they're at. I'm sure. everyone who's listening, everywhere you are, <laughs> there is a shrink wrap copy of Hard Target at your thrift shop. You find it. <laughs> Find that sealed copy of Hot Target. Arnold is not in that movie, but you have to find it. Find Hot Target. Dude, doing, is it? It's Arnold. Get down. Ah! Sorry. I, I was not, not expecting that. Dude, did lying. you try to do uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and transition into Arnold? I, I, I've never tried to do Van Damme, actually. He has, he's, it's more of like the way he speaks I mean, he does have a specific like, sound to how he talks, but I feel like the like cadence of lines is like pretty, like uniquely his own. 
Uh, yeah, he's well. He's the muscles from Brussels, right? So he's uh, totally. he's got that Bel- that Belgian accent, that distinctive <laughs> Belgian accent. Yeah, Hard Target definitely is like the easiest thing to find. It's like that and Jerry Maguire are just on VHS everywhere. But uh, by the way, Hard Target is the greatest. No, there's no Jerry Maguire anymore because that guy bought them all. Oh, so right, that make uh, that website uh, installation. Yeah, yeah. VH. What is that? I don't remember the name of it. Anyway. That man right now is sitting on like a Thanos throne of Jerry Maguire VHS tapes. Yeah. Yeah, those are all gone. You're right. Uh, but dude, yeah, Mark told me to watch Hard Target uh, complete aside from our uh, yeah, wrestling match it. time travel question. But it's the first time I saw it. Dude, five out of five stars on Letterboxd. Yeah, one of the, one you of the give it four out of ever. five. Um, I undersold it on Letterboxd. I, it's like... There's there's an Exploding amount that you enjoy snakes, some yeah there's a, people a, on fire amount that you enjoy something and then there's like how good you think it is and you sometimes the rating you try to I know what you mean yeah but I yeah. I did undersell that that's it's honestly one of my favorite movies and um, one of my favorite John Woo movies as well but if you like that you need to watch uh, a hard boiled also by yeah John it's Woo. on my watch list. Definitely okay, you were going to ask me what hard target in my top one hundred. Yeah, what? And you're going in cold with this question. So that while yeah. I while you think about that, the match that I, got I definitely would want to go back and see is Great Muda versus Great Nita, uh, August twenty eighth, nineteen ninety nine. Those of you that have Torture Rack issue four have the illustration I did of that match. But yeah, that match just incredible work of art, visually and just yeah, everything about it is like. I've watched that match maybe more than any other match, I think, uh, in history. Uh, do, you, do you have a match right away? Yeah, what, I, I got an idea. Well, okay, so that, that's a good choice. But also I was just thinking, like, it's not just the match, right? Because the arguably, some, yeah, arguably some matches are just better served, like, watching with, like, great camera work and stuff like that and not, like, right. you know, from the rafters. But, yeah, so it would be, like, the moment, the feeling. And I also thought about practicalities, like what match – could I have actually gone back to in my life? Like what, what was a possibility? And so what I immediately thought of was um, the rock versus uh, Hollywood Hogan at WrestleMania. Oh my God. Dude. Uh, in Toronto um, at the sky dome. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's like, I would want to be present for that also. Yeah. Probably the most electric moment you can think of as like, as far as a, a fan reaction that like drove like, a match that that of the modern era that you can think of like other than like you know like hogan probably like when he power slammed andre the giant people were like (laughs) shitting bricks or whatever but like as far as just like an amazing crowd like can you think of another match uh with that kind of crowd other than like every nxt match uh of that happened like three years ago of the golden era yeah of the golden Uh, era yeah, that's a good pull because that's like what I I definitely would want to be in the crowd for that match too. Just it's like that is like everything that professional wrestling is in a single match, and just the way the crowd shifts and yeah, it it's definitely one that stands out to me too. From a like crowd reaction standpoint, I don't know, probably. Like maybe some something from like ECW, like some like crazy yeah. ECW moments. See, like, this is what I'm interested in. Like from your from your place in Cleveland, what would have been a realistic match you could have actually gone to like in the '90s? Like, would Philadelphia have would that have been realistic? Well, 
Yes, but all, yeah, because my family went to Pennsylvania all the time when I was a kid. So there was nice. probably a, at some point we were there, and there were, we were not in Penn, Philadelphia. We were in Allentown because we have family there. But um, one match that happened in Akron, Ohio, that we've talked about quite a bit as a reference point on this podcast, and uh, I don't think it was a classic match in the early part of this, but uh, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Taz, where the Dude. DDT happens on the entranceway, happened in Akron, Ohio. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was Heat Wave 1998. Yeah, dude. But that that's like we you definitely we definitely watched it as part of the ECW Supercard with Thomas. Yeah, that that's a match that that and I mean I I think at some point probably maybe on the very first episode of this podcast I mentioned that that was a a thing the the thing that made me want to watch ECW. I saw a commercial of ECW uh, coming to Cleveland, and that moment was in the commercial and i was like i gotta find out how to watch this and then that's what led me to watch it but yeah i mean i would have been probably having 98 i would have been like uh 11 those two those two that actually would be because that would have been at that time like something like that happening was probably so like like now it's like oh they cut the ramp we were watching but to have that happen within that match was probably such a big deal at that point. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, what would be the moments that you'd want to be there for? Like another one that I just thought of would be, uh, this would be uh, maybe more unrealistic, but uh, being at King of the ring uh, 98 for the hell in a cell match uh, between undertaker and, and mankind mankind. Yeah. When mankind like, like was thrown off the cage and into the, announced tale and then when he later unceremoniously and accidentally fell through the hanging mesh and into the room. Yeah, it would have to imagine, be like that too. Imagine totally, that yeah, imagine like. being there. Yeah. I do think you're, it was a good shout though as far as like the uh, exploding exploding barbed wire shit. Like that would definitely be something you'd want to be in the in the crowd for. Not too close. Not too close. I want to feel, I want to feel the heat. Close enough to feel the warmth of the blast uh, uh you're yeah, gonna actually I, be I, writing I, the uh new aw tnt program <laughs> theme i wanna feel the heat but not too close to the blast <laughs> don't give me those don't give me those sparkles dude they starting. like rebrand as like a honky tonk like like well, appeal cover to, like, all your middle demos, america right yeah yeah that's really funny <laughs> <laughs> it's like a country version country remix of it this is for the Fox show. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, they they, they started showing Fox. Uh, so yeah, it, it's just been something that like I had been thinking about all day. Like, what matches really would be the ones you'd want to be go back and be there for? And yeah, I can't think of moments like you brought up Hogan and Rock. Like that would be incredible. And obviously, Mankind getting thrown off the cage would be incredible. And then outside of that, wow, you're really firing them off. And I've been thinking about this since I woke up today, basically. And it's 8 p.m. now. Yeah, I am a smart guy. Thanks, John. Um, Hit me with it. WrestleMania 30, when Daniel Bryan wins the titles and, like, gets to hold them up. Because also, like, the WrestleMania 30, like, set is incredible. And I believe that was outdoors, but I'm not 100% sure. But it's just, like, that would have just been an electric night uh, for sure. Especially seeing, like, Daniel Bryan fight Triple H at the start of the night. And like then go on yeah. to, to sort of win it. Such a triumphant moment too, and you can feel the energy, like even just watching it back on TV or like on YouTube. You know, like the the energy for Daniel Bryan winning is absolutely insane. 
that's yeah, that's a really good pull. Sure. Speaking of Daniel Bryan in a triple threat at WrestleMania, we watched WWE Fastlane 2021. What was that a week ago, John? Last weekend? Yeah, last last Sunday, I believe. And uh, this pay-per-view featured uh, in its main event Roman Reigns uh, versus Daniel Bryan, which seemed to me to be just kind of like a you know, one your 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 perfunctory stop on the way to, to WrestleMania. Like a very good match. I assumed it would be excellent. But if Daniel Bryan hadn't won the Royal Rumble, since Edge won the Royal Rumble, I was like, there's no chance that Daniel Bryan will be in the main event of WrestleMania. Like, zero chance. Right. But the way this ended with, like, Edge, the special enforcer, like, beating up, like, turning heel and beating up Daniel Bryan, and now Edge is kind of heel and Roman's heel and Bryan is the only face, it's like, are we going into another WrestleMania 30 scenario where it's like, there's your t- your established guy, you know, and you're like older guy that nobody really wants to win. Like Batista comes back. Nobody really right. wins the Royal Rumble. Nobody really wants him to win. Edge comes back, wins the Royal Rumble. You know, I don't think that people are against it, but I, I've, I've not heard anyone who was like really excited. And I think that that's sort of the point. I think Vince is getting a little bit of cold feet. Like it's not a big enough match, Roman mm. versus Edge. So bringing Well, and that's Daniel going, Bryan it's in. happening now, right? Like Daniel Bryan's. It, it, in that match. It, it hasn't been... I don't think it's been, like, officially announced. I think it's announced, been announced. It's like, it has, eh? Yeah, well... Yeah, I might <laughs> oh, be wrong, it has, but... eh? Oh, I'm in Toronto. <laughs> oh, it has, eh? Oh, jeez. We do say it. We, we say we don't say it, but we do, eh? Um, I'm going to have to look at look that up, but... What do you think about that? Like, to me, it's like, I can't believe Vince did it. It's like, I'm booking it or something like that. Oh, I love Daniel Bryan being in the um, WrestleMania match. I will say that, like... At Fastlane, I watching Roman and Daniel Bryan just that match. Just want to say it was really great, and it overall WWE Fastlane was really really fun to watch. I really enjoyed like I don't know, yeah, I enjoyed watching it in the way that I enjoyed watching like old like TLC twenty seventeen or something like. Yeah, it was you it know was that a, there was like a time a, a frame fine... before AEW where both of us were like I would say never. Not necessarily. I'm sure we were disappointed, but like we were not. I feel like at that late 2017, early 2018, prior to Dynamite starting, I feel like WWE, the place it was in, was like fine. Like it wasn't great and it wasn't bad. It was just like, oh, okay, this is going to be fun to watch. Like, and that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. That's what this felt like. Uh, I, like, I agree with you. I know Thomas is going to be listening to this, pulling his hair out. He's like, <laughs> no, it was only good in 2011. God damn it. But no, I I agree. Like. I think it was just like we didn't expect much from it. I think it's exactly the yeah. same as it is now. Like we expect the booking to be shitty and like short-sighted and for things to like kind of not make sense to be dropped. Right. But then we yeah. just don't really care as long as it ends up with Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan and it's like excellent. And like the match on this card was such like a good match. That was such a good match. Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus was like the first time I've cared about Sheamus in like quite a long time since like the this, bar basically. Since the exactly since the bar and this they they were great together like they were a really hard hitting, excellent like Haas versus Haas match like I loved yeah that match dude it totally had like Attitude Era like this is for the hardcore title energy like the way they like use the TVs but then it was kind of like mixed in with like modern day like NXT sort of like the big moves that they were doing like uh, onto the like announce table and within the ring. Yeah. I, I really liked that match a lot. And the whole time I kind of felt like, so this is a few times it would be Seamus would be a cool, like 
number two to Drew as like an enforcer, like heel, yeah. like team up. I feel like I'm I don't really know. Yeah, glad they didn't put this on the Rus- like, WrestleMania like as the as the championship match because it doesn't feel yeah. big enough for that. But here in the middle of the card, like it was just like excellent. Like it was so so good. Yeah, I and I agree. Like they genuinely should, they should be it. together. I, I think they should reform the bar and and um, Drew should dude Cesaro should kinda... yeah Sheamus. So speaking of uh, Cesaro, so Cesaro has been fighting or is going to be fighting Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Oh, that'll be good. Which is I'm really excited about that, and I love the angle that Seth Rollins is taking. He's like, I am like a WrestleMania main eventer, and like I've won the title at WrestleMania, and he is an abject failure. Like that's what he actually said. <laughs> Um, but also, yeah, Shinsuke fought Seth Rollins again on like SmackDown recently or something, or on Raw. And I'm like, I, well, I and their match again. at Fastlane was great. Yeah, they were they were awesome Knocking. together. Um, Big E versus Apollo Cruz was like on its way to being like really really good. Yeah, I and then, that. Uh, yeah, they botched the ending. Like something happened. I don't know. It was like a roll up that. You said there they, was like a weird count, right? So the ref counted like one, two, and then went for the three, and then just stopped. Like, as if, like, oh, I don't think the matches is going to be ending now. And then stopped and then just started counting one, two. Uh, there was, like, a kick out. And then it rolled up to another pin. One, two, three. And it ended. Weird. And, and the crowd started booing. Uh, which I don't think is possible. <laughs> like, how is that even? Yeah, how? Yeah, but I swear to God, the crowd was. <laughs> <laughs> I know it doesn't make sense, but I swear to God, they were like, boo. Uh, they like that's like how you know you really messed up right streets. now. Vince presses the boo button <laughs> on uh, himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so, yeah, Nia versus uh, Nia and Shayna. Like, I, I'm not a fan of this tag team. I'm also not a fan of Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks yeah, tag team. It's like the only thing they know how to do is like put two people together who are going to be fighting. It's my like, least. Thing, I would say out of all the things people complain about about wwe like that to me is i think one of my least favorite that is my definitive least favorite thing that wwe does is like when there's like a big title fight that's about to happen at a pay-per-view those two people are on the same tag like why are they on the same team i don't understand like let there be in a tag match if that's what you want to do like new japan style where it's like whatever it's like also if your tag division is so thin that the only people who can fight for titles are just like two people just slapped together why do they break? Right. I cannot figure out why None Vince of these... breaks up every tag team. Like, he broke up... Uh, it looks like the Hurt Business might be breaking up, which is just, like, so stupid because they're the absolute best. Yeah, um, he broke up. He broke up Retribution, which I don't blame them, but, like, breaking up the Iconics just for no reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was like, dumb. Just yeah. no reason. They're the first... They're not the first, but... Uh, first or second. They're a great tag team. Tag team yeah. champions. And they're hilarious together. Alexa Bliss... Uh, versus Randy Orton. I, like, this split the difference for me between, like, a cinematic match and just a match. Because it was just a match. Like, it was filmed like a match, but, like, obviously, like, things happened. Like, uh, the lights fell and stuff. But honestly, to me, it's, like, way more impressive that they were able to do things like that. Like, in an actual, like, live setting, it seemed like. Um, And then we got the debut of charred fiend i don't know what he's actually called but we have been debating with uh, with uh, a colleague at torture wrecked enterprises thomas about the validity of the fiend and his you know his general worth as a as a concept 
I, me and John really like him. Uh, I, I love love his costume, love the music, like love the whole presentation. I think it's fantastic. Thomas thinks it's like one of the worst gimmicks uh, uh, of, of all time. Uh, doesn't like magic. Um, doesn't like <laughs> Harry Potter. Doesn't like unicorns. Or... Can I say like my expectations could not have been lower for this match, Bliss oh, versus absolutely. Orton. Like I was yeah. like, as soon as I heard that that was the match, I was like, that's not going to be good. <laughs> and then while we were watching it, I, while we while the pay per view was going on, I was like, "This pay per view is like this has been a really great watch. Like I'm really enjoying this." And then, you also uh, missed the first that couple that matches, so you just like had just the right amount of w- you know what I mean. You didn't have to sit through everything. Yeah, true. I came in as the Braun Strowman match was ending, so the first match that I actually saw was Rollins versus Nakamura, which yeah was great. But <clears throat> I really liked versus Orton. I actually yeah. wished it was longer and that there was a little bit more wrestling. Like, I was hoping to see Bliss pull out like a moonsault on Randy Orton or something. You know, yeah, like, it would have been nice to see a, a few moves. Um, like, I'm not that there needs to be like competitive offense, but just like a little bit, like a little like, yeah, just Alexa Bliss has some sick moves. Like, just totally, a few, absolutely. few like pull a few of them out. But I, I, to what you said earlier about like the set pieces being live. And kind of splitting the difference between cinematic and just a wrestling match, I do feel like this also like it worked really, really well and was yeah. easier to be engaged with, even though there was magic in this match. This match felt way more easy to engage with than a lot of the cinematic matches in like at all. Promotions. Every every like, fiend cinematic match, other than um, the original Firefly Funhouse with with John Cena, which is still like one of the best. Yeah, that's great. Things I think WWE has ever produced. Like, not one of the best, like, matches, but just, like, segments that they've ever produced. Um, yeah, very well done. And, yeah, so then the the Fiend came out at the end, uh, completely burned. I said, like, uh, Undertaker Fiend is dead, long live Kane Fiend. And, like, this really <laughs> is what this feels like. He, like, pulls, like, came out from the middle of the ring, like, completely burned his, like, face, like, looking more like Freddy Krueger than than the fiend yeah i i absolutely was like it's a cool look so into it like i just think that fiend is so good and they've just they fucked him up so much in the booking but like Mm -hmm. bray just like will do whatever vince says but also just like wants to do the things that like he wants to do and like when he gets a chance to do his shit things are awesome like i think the first chink that ever in the fiend was when randy orton like went backstage and like found the funhouse like to me the funhouse should be like a like a magical yeah space. you don't it's not explained yeah it shouldn't be a place when they start explaining to too to. much yeah and i do think that's just like bad writing but um yeah i love this love this new fiend and I, what i was gonna say you know how much i hate um being over miked in matches and like too much talking in the ring um how much that alexa bliss can do like non-verbally just with her expressions and like things, I just think is is fantastic. And it um, works for some people, like Bliss and Kevin Owens. Both, like, there are they both incorporate ta- speaking in different ways, or like facial expressions too, in different ways, in a way that doesn't feel like I don't know. Yeah, this, well, this Kevin's like just a straight shooter. Like he's just like when they let Kevin just be himself, he's just one of those wrestlers who can just deliver promos himself and i think most wrestlers can but like they let when they let just kevin mean, do it it's just like amazing oh sorry go ahead uh, specifically though in matches like when like there are moments where like oh owens absolutely. gets hit and he'll like yes. scream like why did you do that or like yeah like, like when like jericho came out at the rumble feels more yeah new japan 
Right. Yes, it feels. It feels like yes, totally. It feels a lot more like New Japan than it does WWE, and maybe that's why I like that. But Alexa Bliss does that same thing too, where she like will like yell at her opponents, and I don't know. Yeah, like it's funny. Like she shot fire. She shot literally shot a fireball across the ring, which but is like not like a new wrestling thing by any means. Like shooting fireballs no. in, in matches, but like. I was engrossed in it. I was like, "This is oh, what's happening." Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't love it, but I was like, "If I'm watching WWE, this, I'm into this. Like, just stupid stuff like this. That's like actually well done. Like, just stuff yes. over delivering on on shitty premises and just mm-hmm. solid matches and like a two and a half hour card." I'm um, sad I missed Riddle. I didn't see the pre-show, so I missed Riddle versus Ali. Looks like it's Riddle really versus good. Sheamus. At WrestleMania for the U.S. Oh, title, how do you feel about that? That might be okay. I think I it'll think be it'll be, be okay. good. Yeah, I do not understand what they're doing with Riddle at all. Um, he's yeah, I don't like know. such a beast, and they just make him act like a dumb stoner. Like he's too every like moment. yeah, his like real life personality is too like goofy, and I'm sure Vince. I just that, like, I feel like they see yeah know? they see a little bit of that and then they magnify it to like a thousand yes. and to where it's like that's not the only funny at all. thing like, that they hey bro you want to ride on my scooter like he doesn't have a scooter oh <laughs> well, he does this? in the WWE universe he could like I'm just thinking about his like shins and like what would happen if he like kicked his shin into like my like face and I think I would die um shout out to brave Billy Avery but uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed this pay-per-view. I, I actually think the WrestleMania card looks pretty sick. Like, since they've... Especially yeah. since they've added Daniel Bryan to that match. Like, Daniel Bryan versus Edge versus Roman Reigns. That's I'm really stacked. happy he was added to that. Why, yeah, like, watching that a... Roman and Daniel Bryan match at the end of Fastlane. And then, like, them, like, going hard. Like, that match was really good. And then Edge is just standing there watching it happen. Like, that to me is, like... There, that's like WWE defined. It's yeah. like we can't let Daniel Bryan and Roman just have this incredible match. <laughs> no one's gonna like that. People like Edge. Let's let Edge be the ringside enforcer to this. I, I gotta say though, like, they I, let I, the but match I like the triple out. threat. Yeah, they they'd let the match play out. They were able to still have a great match before the tomfoolery really started when Edge like came in, and the fact that. I thought it was stupid, but the fact that it leads to Daniel Bryan being inserted, I'm like, whatever you got to yes. do, boo, to get Daniel Bryan totally. in the match, like, fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, yeah I am very surprisingly excited for WrestleMania 37. I love this uh, wild, like, up and down. I'm glad that Miz was just the champion, just very transitionally to get it on Bobby. Um, I sort of hope Bobby doesn't drop it back to Drew at WrestleMania, just because I think Bobby should have, like, a longer yeah, reign. Yeah, let him have a reign Defended against totally. um, Brock Lesnar. Um, yeah. And, like, Drew's already super strong. He's beaten Brock, like, clean at WrestleMania and stuff. So, yeah. He seems like he's inched out from the, like, like middle. Like, I feel like most people are held to, like, you know, below Roman's sort of, like, level. And then there's, like, Roman's level. Then there's, like, Brock at the very, very top. And then there's, like, maybe, like, Roman and Seth, Becky. Triple H. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and then everyone else that's like good, it's kind of just always just a little bit below them. But I feel like Drew over this last year really ascended out of that sort of like upper middle category to really totally. define, be like Absolutely. a defined like star for them for sure. Like I truly believe that, like yeah, like 
I very ineloquently argued a couple episodes ago that they just they don't have a very good defined like like if we went through AW right now I think we could slot every single person into main main event mid card lower card like anyone I said yeah, to if I totally. if I was like you know if I was like a per, pretty Peter Avalon you'd be like lower card you know what I mean if I said yeah. Jungle Boy you'd be like middle card if I said MJF you'd say probably main event and I think we could shuffle everyone whereas WWE it's like exactly what you just said it's like Roman and if Brock was here he'd be up there but it's like Roman and then it's Drew and Edge and Randy and then everyone else is just like mid card it's just like the big shuffle of mid, of mid card and you know what it is maybe kind of to like uh wrap up our WWE talk. It's the fact the, the the reason that Drew feels that way is because he beat Brock last year. Yeah. That gives like, him that gives him the rub. And then he he held the title for a super long time throughout basically this entire pandemic, right? He's just until... never been annoying the way that like Roman was annoying. Like he just always seems like he, he always seems like himself. He never feels like he's like putting on some dumb character and being like suffering succotash like he's just he's just (laughs) i'm the tribal chief you're right that's a good point too maybe that because i really have i've always enjoyed drew in wwe like since he's come back drew in wwe and great look awesome matches great finisher and just like just seems like a stand-up guy like he's to me he's the ideal kind of of champion i don't know if they've had one exactly like him because he's not like weird and moralistic like hulk and john cena and he's like stone cold like stone cold just in that he's himself turned up a little bit right right yeah it's, it's like, hard for me to think of of someone like him because he's just he's just a dependable just really good i'm trying to think if there, maybe yeah maybe who can you think of WCW? that's like a is there someone in WCW? like a workhorse yeah maybe someone from wcw i'm trying to think of wwe champions like a workhorse that's like will always deliver a sick match and also is not playing a character like you're saying like John Cena, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and he's just he's all he's just like he's also just like not He's just a dude, you know what I mean? He just comes out he's like he's like I'm going to fight you. You know, he's <laughs> he's just a normal person. I he just doesn't seem to be putting on a front. He doesn't seem to be written. Uh, like you said tribal chief, like Roman seems to be like a little bit written right now. Uh, there are people clearly writing like his lines. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense as a heel. Cause you gotta, you know, but, um, yeah. Like when Seth was champion, like that was so, that felt so corny and written. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's rare, rare it's, that you that's, get that's the champion the thing that's, that's not working. corny. He's not corny. That's what's working so well about Drew. Yeah. It doesn't feel like he's a, being written as a character. He kind of, you know, worked he worked really hard to get to where he is. And then he actually like, there was a logical payoff. There are very few examples of that in recent like WWE booking where it's like, Oh, there's someone that deserves it. That's exactly why, because he was the chosen one. He was Roman in like whenever he was there, like 2010 or whatever, but then it didn't work out. Vince lost his taste for him. He like, got fired he went to i don't know if it was ring of honor or wherever but he was went to place for a while became a top guy proved himself on the indies then came back and even then wasn't like immediately anointed like he had to like pay his dues as like drew mcintyre's uh drew mcintyre as dolph ziggler's oh right i was trying to think of what he did when he first he was the diesel to the the diesel to to, to drew mcintyre Shawn michaels i keep saying drew (laughs) mcintyre drew's who we're talking about bro 
Drew was the was the manager of Drew. <laughs> Drew manages Drew. Um, yeah, and I I was really hoping they were gonna pull the trigger on him. I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. And they were protecting. I think him most people way. were hoping that for that. Yeah, but like. There's certain guys they're protecting. Like, even though Vince is, like, weird about um, Keith Lee, he's he's protected, and he's got a big win. Like, he was in, like, the final four of the Rumble or or whatever the year before. and um, Yeah, 2020. And, like, you know, he was in the Survivor Series. He, he friggin' killed. Oh, yeah, he was, like, the last two in the Survivor Series with Roman Reigns, right? Like, he was the last guy eliminated by Roman Reigns. He's and had some he, significant moments. He yeah. beat R- Randy Orton clean on a pay-per-view. Like, he's he's got a rub, so he's being protected. Drew was the same way. He was getting, like, even though he lost to Roman and stuff, he he was getting really good. Um, he was being protected. And I was scared they were going to put him against Roman, and that's not interesting. I don't know why, but that's not that interesting a, a matchup. I think it's because they fought before, but also they're too similar looking, maybe. Yeah, they look a lot alike. I was going to say that. It's like the same person, kind of. Like, yeah. So two, two, like, similar guys. Like, the two of them, Elias, Seth Rollins. Everyone's got, like, long, like, black hair and a beard. Uh, yeah, they they all look very, very similar. But, yeah, excited for WrestleMania. Kind of hope that dude, uh, can't Bob, wait. Bobby wins. Uh, but also would not be sad if Drew picked it back up because he's. I just think that he's a top guy and they should just like keep running with him like and just give him a long, lengthy reign. Like as long as people are into him, like just just keep going. And they cannot blame like low ratings on Drew. Like you cannot blame that on Drew. It's no. your writing that like ignores everything and is dumb week to week. Which is why if you just watch the pay per views and put put mute on. Like I said, I'm actually looking forward to WrestleMania. Totally, absolutely, yeah. and also yeah. I'm, and I'm actually looking forward to watching uh, uh, NXT Stand and Deliver. Oh, dude, yeah, I can't wait to. Oh my god, there is so much wrestling to watch. So over much the wrestling. Next two weeks. So much uh, wrestling. GCW, Bloodsport, uh, and also Spring, Spring Break. Break. RSP yeah, versus the Gage. Cannot wait for that. Totally. Yeah, Walter versus Ciampa, right? Yeah, yeah, it's and then you know we have a, there's like it maybe close to now like what nine days of AEW to watch each week. Uh, <laughs> we've been watching you know <laughs> Elevation, Dark, Dynamite, Brandy and Cody's oh, uh, let's reality show. Let's get into it. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! With, <laughs> with so much Luther, uh, with so much Luther AEW the, content. The crazy neighbor, Thomas. Dude, that was that. such a funny idea for Thomas from Thomas. Yeah, him saying Luther should be the next door yeah. neighbor of Co- Cody and Brandy, and Cody would be like, "Oh, it's Valentine's Day. I don't know what to get for for <laughs> Brandy," and he would be like, "Get her something from the heart, you little slut." <laughs> I just think that's yeah. So funny. Then every scene just ends with him pointing to his head and sticking his tongue out. But uh, yeah, legitimately though, I I've been we've been watching elevation i've enjoyed having more AEW to watch each week i have not been watching tuesday night dark but i have been watching monday night dark elevation yeah it's interesting it's trying to figure out kind of like what is the priority of watching these things like you know obviously they want you to watch everything but if you only have you know two hours you watch dynamite what if you have an extra hour and a half do you watch dark do you watch elevation seems like it's elevation based on paul white being there but as a program, I was hoping it would be a little bit different. Like it would be kind of a like a like a dynamite light, like a dynamite featuring like the headliners would be the mid card guys, whereas you know mostly dark would be lower card guys or lower card guys just like being new watched by other people. Yeah, you know? but uh, it seems like it's pretty much the same as dark, which is a little bit disappointing to me. But uh, I'm uh, you know watch this space. We'll continue to watch it. 
if we can just talk about Dynamite for a little bit because they've been on such a hot streak. Oh my lately. god, Dynamite has been so good. All of the like everything after Revolution just has been like yeah. I, I would say so so good. Everything after after Revolution has been on par or better than Revolution <laughs> itself. Like the card from the last Dynamite that we watched, which was March 24th, we're recording this on March 28th. Um, opening match: Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel. Like I've been saying for so long, like Matt Seidel is like so good. If you put him in the company of someone like Kenny Omega, like they're gonna rip it up, and they absolutely did. They worked together like fantastically. Like this was like a New Japan kind of energy. Yeah, and I I mentioned on the last podcast that I've been wanting to see Kenny just in matches. Like I. I like totally. I, he, his matches, like you know, his old ma- matches in New Japan are the thing that made me like, kind of become like obsessed with wrestling again, and yeah. one of at least one of the things that definitely like it reignited m- my interest and my like passion for wrestling were his matches, and I've been kind of annoyed. Like I mean, I like his heel character. Have been like a little annoyed with like the screwy finishes. I mean, in all of the promotions, basically, but specifically with Kenny's matches just because he's such a good wrestler and think you know you can you can have you could be a heel but still put on like sick matches and he yeah, did that I, like I do agree I do agree um and yes exactly right I honestly didn't think he has to cheat uh every time to win um like sometimes maybe to prove a point where he like really wants to remind us all he's a heel like if I guess this would have been an instant I'm glad it didn't happen here but like Seidel cool seeing him get that shot and then like if the, it ends with like a like let Kenny win and then have the Good Brothers come out and beat Seidel while he's down, which kind of totally. has been happening a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really really enjoyed the match. Cool, like Matt Seidel and Kenny just have really cool like fluid energy in a way that just feels like they both have like the power of levitation or something. Like the different like spots <laughs> that they did in that match, where it's like, th- yeah, I don't know, they just can like maneuver around each other in different ways. That match was great. Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed Pinnacle uh, versus Hollywood Blondes and Dante Martin of uh, Top Flight. Uh, I'm loving this <laughs> new fucking heel faction featuring all my boys, FTR, Dude, your, your Sean dream Spears. faction, basically. Yeah. I'm, uh, Wardlow, who you gave shit to, and I was like, you leave Wardlow alone. And uh, MJF, <laughs> who, like, you know, he's not, like, my favorite wrestler, but, like, you know, he's probably the best heel that they have. Um, so just, I just think an incredible faction. I I only wish if they were going to have more than four horsemen, they had just thrown in, uh, my boy, uh, Scorpio sky. Cause I think he could have, could have killed it in there too. But yeah. And we, we were also talking about how we love the Hollywood blondes and they both have just kind of like an old school energy, an old school, like really good, um, maybe like light heavyweight tag match on WCW. Um, yeah, yeah. That they seem like they would be like the like sixth or on the sixth or seventh screen in WCW NWO Revenge, like <laughs> yes. the last WCW screen. <laughs> dig, 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 um, dig, dig it a dog. I know that's no mercy, but still, um, still, still applicable. Uh, I love love Sean Spears wrestling with FTR. He's like so like another FTR member, basically. Absolutely, like the way he wrestles. His Death I Valley think... Driver, they, there's a sequence where he hits a Death Valley Driver, and I think da- it's the ending sequence of the match. Dax does a drop kick, 
I think it's Dax. I don't know. The, I never know which name is which. But one of the FTR bros does a drop kick at the same time his DVD hits, and it's just such a nice sequence to the end. And it's like, oh, dude, this is where Spears should be. Like, he fits I mean, so well with them. Absolutely, he's not flashy. Like either of the FTR guys, like on their own, like wouldn't be flashy. They're great because they no. like work together and stuff and they're just like so fluid not that they wouldn't be good but they're just like they're just they're 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 classic technicians like as, as yeah, and they had so the dax that had the sick mac dax or cash one of them had that sick master with jungle boy uh dax, speaking yeah. of sick dynamite stuff, oh my god yeah but... that was fantastic oh my god yeah dynamite lately has just been absolutely ripping it up and here in the in in on dynamite i was criticizing them a lot for putting the women's match that wouldn't be that strong sort of at the top of the hour and I just thought they were not doing them any favors at all. Here at the top of the hour, they put Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid versus Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. Another just like banger. Like this could have been one of their classic opening match dynamite bangers. Like this is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Dude, yeah, this match, it's like if Brandon Cutler was replaced by someone else, this would have been like a match that you would see at, on WrestleMania weekend at like one of the indie shows a couple of years ago. Like yeah, this would have been like uh, just like a super card like clash of like yeah Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid teaming up to face the Young Bucks, yeah, and just like and then it was just yeah it was so good. And I'm not I, a fan of Brendan Cutler, but even he won me over in this match. He was quite good. Yeah, he was fine in it totally. He, and he was funny <laughs> in the uh, in the after match promo where Kenny comes out and asks the Bucks to throw up too sweet, right. and like. He like Cutler is like I forget what he says about Cutler, but he paints him like like he's like like a nerd that they're hanging out with now. He's like, what did I do? Like, you see him in like, oh yeah, because he's like well, Kenny's like I'm over <laughs> here hanging out with the young with the the good bros. You yeah, want to hang out and like, like the I'm cool Kenny guys. Omega. You want to hang out with fucking Brandon <laughs> Cutler? And I a hundred percent agree. I'm like, listen, young bucks, you can't decide whether you're fucking heels or faces. You might as well just team up with the champ, like. This would be a great reason for them to just be heel. Kenny is saying, I guess you choose your cameraman on his way out was such a good line. We, since we haven't talked about a dynamite at all post revolution, obviously we were very critical of the ending of revolution and wondering how AEW would handle it. The answer is pretty spectacularly, uh, next day having a promo with, uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. When Eddie explains it, uh, John Moxley sort of plays his straight man in the back who's sort of reacting to like sort of the things he's saying and everything. But yeah, Eddie's explanation. And I think it's the best possible way to come out of that. And then being able to it climax with Kenny and Don making fun of them in the ring, the fake countdown, <laughs> Don j- jumping down, Kenny jumping on top of him. I'm just, I'm so happy that this happened. Like, I feel like this is such a great story. The idea that the invisible hand, you know, they took the match and then they took away the heroic ending they took it away they didn't even let mox have that so he just looked like a dangus in the middle of the ring it's as good as it the explosion happening because if the explosion had happened and it was like an fmw like sasuke onita explosion it would have been cool and it would have been a great visual and probably you know everyone would be happy would have gone home happy if that had happened but, but where do you go from there yes it would that would be the that would like be the the climax of the uh, story it would be in the conclusion as well uh whereas Ross now wouldn't be able to come back right now and like fight with eddie kingston and i feel like now we have the option potentially of a blood and guts match 
and I don't know if totally you, on uh, this past week's the the this past Wednesday's Dynamite in uh, Kingston and Mox's promo, he, it, they Mox at one point mentions how he likes the Young Bucks. Like I forget why right. it's said. He says something like that. So I wonder if this is going to build to like I don't know who because if it's Young Bucks and uh, Kingston and uh, Moxley. Mox, that's four. Who would be maybe someone is their fifth, and then uh, so, Good so Brothers, yeah, good, good, good Brothers, and Kenny is three. Kenny. So you need either potentially two, at least one more person for for Kenny's side. I would say probably one more person for Kenny's side. Who's feuding? Who else is there anyone else feuding with uh, Mox at the moment? Pack was feuding with Kingston, but that's like he. But he also is teamed with Mox, so that doesn't really make any sense. And he hates and Kenny. He's also like he wouldn't he, be on Kenny's yeah, team. He's, he, no, he's a face right now too. He's like with Fenix, like ripping it up. Maybe they would bring someone in. Also, like Pack and Ray Fenix is like the greatest tag team of all Dude. time. Maybe. <laughs> uh, no like argument. Random guys. Yeah, not yeah. not the greatest tag team of all time, but of just two random dudes stuck together, probably the greatest like super team of uh yeah because you just in your mind are like it's the lucha bros that have to hold the tag titles but it's like no pack and fenix need to hold the tag titles let penta grab the tnt title eventually or something like yeah absolutely uh i'm i'm so sad i missed the 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 penta l zero m versus cody match from the yeah. dynamite before but sick match we'll get to that not great ending but overall so cool to see penta and cody and a little like mini feud there um yeah i don't know who the who the fourth for kenny and the good brothers would be in a blood and guts match but that failed explosion doesn't conclude their story it's like you know uh yet another match that ended with interference from the good brothers so kenny has yet to beat mox in just a regular match so that can still be like still can happen and in addition to that we can maybe get a blood and guts match um, out of it, which would be really cool. I would love that blood and guts match. I wish I could think of who the fourth would be. Oh. It's kind of bothering me. Does Kenny? I mean, I, the only person that I can think of that Kenny's aligned with is Mac, Michael Nakazawa. I assume it will not be him. Um, I mean, the wild. Thinking about this, the wild uh, fantasy booking version of this would be Kenny would call on his tag partner that may be losing his belt to Osprey. Goddamn. Well. For fantasy booking, let's bring Ibushi in too. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Ibushi. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Oh, you are. Oh, oh, oh. That's what I'm saying. Oh, oh. He, if he loses, I, yeah, if he loses the world game. title to Osprey uh, at Sakura Genesis, then um, maybe Kenny would bring him in here. But but yeah, I don't yeah. mean I'm not meaning to talk about New Japan yet, but like. Yeah, I just no, think no, like that. That's a logical because you know the Golden Lovers and the Young Bucks have history. They had a very sick match. Um, I you just know. I don't see Cody I don't think that's going to happen being part of the heel team. No. No, it should be Kenny versus Ibushi eventually whenever that that happens. Yeah. Um dude, but the and I don't want to skip ahead to New Japan yet cuz the last two matches of this Dynamite were sick. Tay Conti, yeah, Tai Conti and Yeah, I'm so impressed with the quality of the women's division right now. I just feel like uh after that AEW tournament and like bringing in some of the wrestlers from NWA, like it's just it's getting to a point where they are stealing a lot of the cards that they're on and they're really getting prime placements like uh, last the week before his match that we'll talk about soon with Thunder Rosa and uh, Brett Baker. But 
Ty Conti versus Nala Rose. I feel like this is maybe Nala Rose's best match. Like, I don't know if there's anyone on the roster. You could argue Riho or Hikaru Shida, but anyone who has such good chemistry with Nala Rose as Ty Conti. Like, they're just such a good fit together. So, would love to see more of those matches. And I believe after Ty won, she was attacked after the bell by Nyla. So, uh, looks like that's not over. So, I, I'm excited to see them fight again because, yeah, it's right. terrific. And I liked Hart- Matt Hardy slotted in there as well. Um I forget why right. he came out, but I think potentially was aligned with... Oh, because the bunny came out too. Because the, the tag match coming up, I think, is is it Sheeta and Ty versus Nyla and, and the bunny? Yeah, yep. that's going to be sick. Um, and Yeah, that'd be cool. I, yeah, I think that'll be good. Uh, dude, the main event of this night was ridiculous. Silver and Darby's chemistry together is insane that I was not expecting this to be that good like I love Silver and he's awesome but I sort of thought like him as part of a tag team with Reynolds is like why he's so much fun to watch but I was wrong <laughs> yeah he's incredible just that there's that um move towards the end of the match I can't call the sequence specifically but um it's uh it like was it Silver goes up for like a power bomb and it kind of transitions into like a Canadian destroyer like code red like there's just like a few moves that I've never seen yeah. like he transitional moves that I've never seen before her. yeah yeah like that was yeah that like had the same energy as a lot of the Osprey matches we watched uh at times um had similar yeah, energy absolutely. to like the New Japan Cup matches we watched um for sure yeah. and like that's also like... just add silver to the list of uh next generation talents like um what's his name jungle boy and oh um, absolutely the other people we keep saying are gonna are gonna be champion one day like john silver is like that guy is money if yeah stop trying to be so goddamn funny all the time and when john silver wins a title jr will sell that as hard as he sells picture in picture picture in uh, picture yeah he loves John. I like. I like that he likes John Silver so much. It's funny. Uh, I. Yeah. I don't think it's some. It's. I. I get why he does like him, but I wouldn't expect because he's John Silver's so goofy. Like, I don't know. I guess he's like the right. He's goofy, but he's like super like muscular, and then he's like small also. <laughs> he's like yeah, inherently funny and inherently strong. And that match was a great TNT match. The you thing- know which football player from the eighties you've never <laughs> heard of that he reminds me of? John Bradesco. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that i loved about both of these nights both uh the march 17th and the march 24th dynamite is that it was filled with singles matches and i love that t- AEW's tag division is so deep so stacked that we get a lot of mixed tags trios matches to get a lot of people on the card that makes sense but that was what i felt was missing most from revolution and like it just really delivered yeah. over these last two weeks and you know i don't mean Dude, to skip thunder rosa versus Britt baker exactly like, i was gonna say i don't mean to skip over too. all like, of the, 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 I would be okay to skip. It was a, it was like a solid. It was, it was like good. more of a yeah. fun dynamite for the promos, right? Honestly, than it was for the, for the matches. But the main event was as good as you've heard. One of the if best. You haven't watched it. Thunder Rosa versus Dr. Britt Baker lights out match. Absolutely fantastic. Oh my god. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, we've had a lot of great. We've been talking about a lot, a lot of great um, dynamite main events. I would say again, better than all, the Revolution. Uh, well, I mean. The, 
that was pretty, <laughs> that was pretty fun, pretty huge gimmick. But like, just inc- incredible <laughs> matches on Dynamite and Rosa versus Britt Baker. I don't think anyone expected them to go this hard. They used tax. I was not expecting tax, but like they just they're really rough with each other, and there's there's real blood. A lot of blood, and, yeah. A uh, lot of outside big moves and just stuff that looks like a fucking hurt, man. Like just a lot of big moves that like from the top turnbuckle. Um, God damn. You know, in recent memory, like it, it, since we've started this podcast and started watching wrestling together i don't think i can think of another like women's match that i've enjoyed as much as this one uh yeah just the story that they've been telling with thunder rosa and Britt baker is incredible Britt baker has really like transcended this like you know into this incredible, incredible heel that also is just so fun to watch Totally. When she couldn't wrestle, she became like a superstar persona. And now that she is wrestling again, she's matching it with her performances in the ring, which is just like, I'm blown away by how good Brett Baker is. And like, there were shades of that in the very first women's match in AEW. One of the very first, I don't remember if it was the very first or first, at Double or Nothing, where it was like a, I think a four-way between uh, Nyla, Awesome Kong, Kylie Ray, and Britt. And there's like a sequence towards the end of that match with Britt Baker and Kylie Ray, where I was like, "Oh, this is like the women's wrestling I, like that I've been wanting to see in the states." This is like just like really hard hitting singles action where both of them are like super kicking each other and like sort of similar energy to this match. And yeah, it's you know Britt was sidelined for most of last year and really developed this heel character that Thunder Rosa plays off of so well. And yeah, it I love that match. I can't wait to go back and rewatch it again. And I can't believe, yeah, that tax spot was so brutal. Like, I yeah, don't know. That, this is the yeah, second this is really, the second star that tax have made in AEW. The first being Kingston. True? Yeah, well thing like Kingston had his like match with Cody. It was brutal, wild, cut a bunch of promos. I feel like there are parallels there between like Kingston's yeah. sort of like Really like oh th- he this is a guy we got to pay attention to and uh, Britt Baker in sort of different ways but sort of similar in terms of like Tax being the uh, star maker outside of just like an emotional match like I, I I can't wait what do you think about uh, Thunder Rosa getting the rub when she's probably going back to NWA I think it just builds towards like what I think they're trying to do which is to create like a worldwide wrestling alliance. So even if Thunder Rosa goes back to NWA for like, I think that's a cool thing though. Let her go back to NWA for six months and she's pissed. And... Oh no. I mean, I, I like, I'm just like, what do you think about her getting the rub where Brent is here and maybe could use it a little bit more? Oh, like winning you mean? Yeah. Oh, I don't think it matters. Like, especially like, I don't know, like how featured Brit has been. I think it makes sense that she has been so featured, like, you know, she was the one that spoke, and probably because she was the one that was able to be there, but she was the one that came out and spoke on this this Dynamite, the, the last Dynamite we were just talking about on the 24th. We saw a pre-tape from yeah. Thunder Rosa. Britt Baker, Tony Schiavone asked the crowd to clap for Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Like, I, I don't think it matters. I don't know. Like, I know, like, when no, I, I, matters. No, I think it, but... like, might be even, I think it might be even better, like, in the long run. Yes. Like, to me, when I saw her with, like, the bloody face and losing, I thought of Austin. Absolutely. WrestleMania yeah. 13. 
So, and that was like star making for him. And I think, I think in this case, losing actually is better. Um, but I was just curious to, to hear your thoughts about it. But uh, yeah, so excited to see what happens to Brit next. It looks like um, Jade Cargill has a collision course with the AW title. I mean, she was on the poster for Revolution. I'll literally never get over this, but she was on the poster for Revolution and was not on the card. <laughs> so I'm like, she sat ringside. She must be right. Well, that was huge. So she must be. Do you, do you think she takes it off Sheeta? I don't know because I uh, I just uh, reposted the rankings to our Instagram and Jade is nowhere near even like she's not even in the top five for challengers. Right, she doesn't have enough matches. Yeah, so the top of the card is Ty Conti. Ty will probably lose to Sheeta, and then I think I mean the 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 rankings can change really quickly, and also they can just book matches. It doesn't have to be the number one ranked no yeah like jade could just like petition for a match but yeah it's uh ty conti red velvet nyla rose rio mizunami and Britt baker right interesting well i i'm so excited to see what's gonna happen because yeah the women's division is stronger than it's ever been even like losing thunder rosa for a little bit to nwa is not going to uh i think make a dent in, in the momentum they have right now so so psyched about that aw is absolutely killing Just it at the, the best, you know at the best possible location right now yeah we like it's like a thing we record this podcast because we love talking about wrestling and we want to share our opinions on it i so, actually don't like wrestling <laughs> that much which is weird yeah you're only watching it for this podcast uh yeah, 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 yeah. like i just get a lot of money to do this <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's just funny to like i i like providing our like feed like critiques on like you know what's happening in wrestling and i love talking about it with you because i you know i i don't know yeah i just i just love like sort of fantasy booking things and sort of thinking about where things are going uh but with AEW, it's funny because like you know the whole internet was brought down like a thunderstorm on that pay-per-view but then like you know a week later everyone's like yeah AEW sick like I just, it's funny. Like yeah, the like, which is I think what's better about having a measured response. Like I think you have, which is you and me have, which is like we're critical when there is to be critical, and then we're, but we still right. have the benefit of that we're not just like you've jumped the shock. The program <laughs> will now immediately become WCW Nitro from two thousand <laughs> on the next episode. Like yeah, it was like, <laughs> I like, but your... it was like at the same time I don't want to be one of these. People who's just like burying their head in the sand, and be like, "No, it was supposed to be like that." Like, yeah, no, to be a absolutely not. To be, you know what I mean? Like, so, um, yeah, I, 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 I love AEW. I think it's no secret that it is our favorite thing, and it's absolutely. probably the reason why we do this podcast. Honestly, I mean, like if it was yeah. just WWE in New Japan, like, I don't know if we would have actually like pulled the trigger on this thing. That's a good point. Yeah, because you know. I don't. I, I think that you are correct. The first episode was uh, we were so excited to talk about Double or Nothing uh, last year, twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm. It'll be cool to talk about Double or Nothing again this year. And it'll be our first um, event that we've covered twice for AEW. But that is not no, true, my friend, all. because oh, we watched the New Japan Cup, which we have already covered on this podcast, and that was like the early part of this podcast. A lot of the the first New Japan content we covered was the New Japan Cup because they were off because of COVID, 
And then like in maybe, uh, we want to say like May, late, early June, like mid-June, we watched all the New Japan Cup extensively covered every match, including Gato versus Okada. Uh, which, okay, that's, that is true, yeah. I think, I think what I meant to say was... Pay-per-view? Because this, that, that, well, just in the sense that like this, it was a little bit earlier, it's a little bit earlier this year than it was last year. They moved it up, yeah. This is when it yeah. normally happens. Whereas I think... Double or nothing. It was like pretty much in the in the same it was, sort of yeah. spot. But I might be wrong anyway. But no, you're right. Yeah. That's actually a great point that we have covered two New Japan Cups. We are fucking champions. Let's get into it. We didn't watch the whole thing because uh, it's just been really busy. We're just we're busy people. Uh, but what we did do was we watched all the all the four quarterfinal matches, two semis, obviously the finals, and then uh, cherry picked some matches. Like a couple that we thought sounded interesting. Excellent. Yeah. When I saw this match, I was like. Yeah, we, we definitely need to watch this. Like, just two, like you said, two kind of old-school, New Japan dad, hardcore champ kind of legends. Um, yeah, Hanma's so wild. And, you know, Suzuki is the greatest of all time. So, like, seeing them clash. <laughs> you just know that this is going to be stiff strikes. And, in fact, there was a, an image that I sent you on Instagram oh, that dude. just kind of proved how stiff it was. Like... Uh, Suzuki is just like ramming Hanma with his forearm as he is wont to do and just the ripple of flash in his body <laughs> like of the impact is like absolutely wild but uh, yeah just stiff forearms and just stiff strikes stiff kicks yeah it, it was everything I hoped it would be uh, I, not like an all time great match but a great sort of we didn't watch this first but a good like introduction to what's going on. Uh, yeah, this was a, a fun classic Suzuki match. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Great, uh, it's Suzuki a wins with the Gotch style. Perfect match to lay the groundwork to talk about the rest of the New Japan Cup. Which is was this a another one of the early on matches we watched? Okada versus Shingo, yeah. and obviously incredible match. Okada's in such a, a so strange good. place in New Japan right now, though. Yeah, I think he would be in such a perfect place like we've been hinting towards, or not hinting towards, but suggesting that he go to AW uh, because he is, like, spinning his wheels a little bit right now. Still, doesn't really yeah. have, like, a big story or anything. Um, doesn't really seem... Does, was he still using the, the money clip? I didn't see him pull it out here. He, he did, yeah, a couple times, like, a few okay, times. Does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, it was, it was wrenched in a few times, but, yeah, he... I don't know. Yeah, over the last year, it's like uh, kind of going back to the New Japan Cup. Yeah, he had that weird match with Gato, and then like a notable like feud with Osprey leading to Wrestle Kingdom, but still not like and like an incredible match with Osprey in the G One. But like I don't know. Yeah, it's like interesting. It's like it does definitely feel like it's other people. It's like Ibushi's time and Jay Jay White's time. It's like you know Okada is yeah. Okada. So you know, but this match, oh man. Okada's Tanahashi after Okada beat Tanahashi. Yes. Yes. Exactly. But yeah, this 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 was an absolutely sick match. We've seen Okada and Shingo fight before. We saw them fight in the G1, as I recall. Um, yes, that was the first and, time I think we, we got to see them fight was this last uh, 2020 G1. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just so, so good. Um, I feel like Okada waited just a second too long on his... Um, spinning rainmaker and got caught with a rainmaker of his own from from shingo oh my and, gosh uh, yes put him down with the last of the dragons which is probably the coolest 
like transition of a of a final move. Like he just has them, and then just suddenly he's flipped them over, and they're like, like scoops they're them, slammed almost. on the mat. Yeah, yeah. It's like really fluid. And when they're a little bit lighter, he can really do it fluidly. Like him against Okada, like I thought it was just absolutely crazy. But uh, yeah, this was a this was an excellent match. Really, really enjoyed this. Yeah, I did too. And Chingo's been one of my favorites. Definitely no secret that he is also another one of my favorites uh, in general. Uh, just he's so fun to watch in ring. Has such a cool move set. If New Japan was a video game, I would probably almost always pick Shingo. Uh, yeah, and I would pick Osprey, which is so cool that that's where we ended up. True. Uh, at yeah. The end of the, the the cup. But before we get there, just want to shine light on a few other matches. Uh, maybe the match of the tournament was Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Osprey. These people have preternatural chemistry together. Um, just absolutely insane. Like they look, they just seem like they were born to wrestle together. Right, and we watched this second last, right? I think we watched... Uh, I think I think pretty close to that. Like, either second last... We watched it either third or second last. This felt like... This and the main event were both ridiculous. Like, so good. But yeah, this yeah. match... So many different moments in this match. Like, there was this, like, floating Oscutter. Osprey's been doing this Oscutter. Like, I, it always has some hang time, but, like... I don't know the hang time he's getting now. It's like he, we, we often call Okada the Michael Jordan of new Japan I think maybe more so for stature than for, I mean, and because Absolutely. he's like one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Osprey and is because Okada is from North Carolina, <laughs> but yeah, just Osprey is definitely, uh, staking a claim to that comparison throughout this tournament. And, so cool to see Zack Sabre Jr. rip it up. Like he's been slotted as a tag in the tag division for like the last like couple months, and you know Z- ZSJ is one of my favorite wrestlers. And dude, he's going to be a main event guy. Like when it's Osprey, Abushi, everyone in the main event. Like as this starts to transition, like Sabre Jr. He is he he's in the elite. I think of of the next generation. Like he's I don't know where he'll be at. Like he'll be very similar to where Jay White is. Like, I think we'll see him as a champion at some point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, DSJ is only 33. Uh, I didn't really consider that. Um, yeah, I saw it's quite a few years ahead of him. I, I think so. Like, to, to me, he seems like he's, yeah, like, we'll eventually get a, when Will Ospreay's champ, we'll definitely get a Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., like, title match, like, for sure. Dude. But, um. Yeah, and just, oh my god. Who's... Oh, sorry. I just oh, got no, excited because I was thinking about the avalanche armbar that ZSJ threw during this match. Both this and the Jesus, main event had so move, such insane moves. Yeah, like, oh, God, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that. He, like, rolls Osprey off of the top rope in an armbar position, and then it throws yeah, he, like, him in. slams him, wrenches it in as he's, like, slamming him to the mat. Like, it's In midair. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's like a midair avalanche armbar. Totally. Yeah, uh, so crazy. And we were talking. I was trying to figure out with you, like, why they have like the best chemistry. Oh, of, like, right. We couldn't figure it out. And you made a really great point that Osprey, so many of his moves leaves him so vulnerable. Like he does these crazy high flying moves, and Zack Saber Jr. is just always ready to pounce. So Osprey will go for an os cutter, and he will just get snatched midair and just like brought into like a crazy like arm bar or leg bar or something like that right the hidden blade like he runs across the ring and has to throw a strike with his arm like outreached and doing right. that with zsj it's like well that's going to get rolled over into submission 
Same thing with uh, Stormbreaker. He has to like kind of roll you up into a ball and then flip you onto his shoulder. And that second where you're flipped onto his shoulder, another great op- there's like every one of that uh, of Will Osprey's finishers or signature moves causes him to be exposed to ZSJ's strengths, which I think is what really makes the two of them work together. Like in a completely, you called it like yeah, supernatural, like supernatural, just like preternatural. Like it's like they're in each other's heads. Like there's no time to communicate all this. Right. But yes. they just know. Absolutely. And wrestlers have described that connection. And I, I can't imagine that ZSJ isn't like one of Will Ospreay's favorite opponents because they just Ask move. Yes. Yeah. Like they're just in perfect chemistry. Someone who has not really been firing for me lately. Um, someone who we had pegged as like, maybe it was his time, but has been losing a lot is, and hasn't been putting on great matches in my opinion is uh Sonata. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. He just, I mean, he, his new sparkly gear looks really cool. Uh, Oh my God. His new gear is incredible. Like his new mask, his MF doom. Yeah, mask it looks really stuff, sick. Like, um, oh my God. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, he seems kind of, yeah, like a, like B player right now. Like, just kind of the matches are okay. Like they're fun to watch. Not yeah, really. They're okay, but like, I don't know. I just expect a little bit more from him. Not quite outstanding. Like just, like just okay. No. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I um, like to fight against someone like Osprey and to have like a pretty good match is it's a little weird. Well, opinion. especially if you're in the shape that Sonata is in, like you just, yeah, you he's, know, he's obviously has all the tools. Like there's no question about that. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. I just think like I don't Sonata's like the way he wrestles, I feel like either it really connects or it really doesn't. And there are times like where he's like um wrenching in the skull end where it kind of just seems like he's standing there. Like it doesn't really like right. I don't know, it it and spinning. Whereas back. when we saw it looks fun kind Zach of Zack Sabre Jr. wrenching that arm bar on he, Will Ospreay. Remember like, his like veins were popping out. We his were like, arm was like backwards. Christ, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is like lay off. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's But that's gotta be a condition to fighting Zack Sabre Jr. There's no way he is like, Oh, I'll go easy on you. There's just no way. Yeah, no. He's got that killer instinct, man. Well, and you, you know, someone like Osprey who wants to really like turn up every match that he's doing, I'm sure it's just like, dude, bend me whatever way you have. You have to, and if you snap my arm, you snap <laughs> my arm, I'll figure it out. I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, and like you know, someone who I actually was really surprised by in this tournament who put on two really great matches was David Finley. I know exactly who you're gonna say. Yeah, fin- Finley's ripping it up, dude. Against he beat Switchblade, huge win there. Beat Switchblade, that was a big win. Yeah, a really good match as well. Uh-huh. Um, we, uh huh. We we were talking about who was gonna be joining um, the Empire with, right. uh, with Osprey and uh, Tommy. Tommy's guess is David Finley, and I really hope that's true because he could just absolutely kill it in that group. Like he, I've never really connected with him that much until until more recently. And the fact that he is Impact Tag Champ, like for him to be in the Empire, like ripping it up, going to America, like being in Japan, like I just think like he could be a a, a really uh, a big player in New Japan. Yeah, I think so too. And I don't know. Yeah, I from watching him before. He's much more polished now. Like his like his presentation, yeah. his ring gear, his whole look is just more like polished and like I feel like uh he's just like showing he seems less like a lion now. 
Yeah, yeah, and le- sort of just less like a random guy you would see at an like a just like an indie show. Like, I feel like before that's what yep. he looked like. Just like he wore a leather jacket that didn't really have any sort of like markings on it, and just looked and like had a beard and long hair. Like, just looked kind of like, oh, there's another guy that's like a wrestler somewhere. But yeah, he his finisher, yep. the acid drop, the uh, prima nocta is so sick, and his match with Osprey was outstanding excellent uh, i have Absolutely we fantastic. have never rated yeah. a finley match at a before uh and that's true yeah like that the osprey versus finley congratulations <laughs> it was so good like they just have really, really they also have really good, good chemistry i mean osprey is just tearing the house down these days but uh thank god he was there to make up for the shingo evil match that i just could not get into i just I, I feel like I'm done with evil. Like, I feel like he needs to be knocked down to like the neverweight division and just kind of rebuild himself because his yeah. matches aren't fun. Dick Togo's not fun. I'm just, yeah, I, I feel bad Same. because he's, I like evil. Like I still have his poster up on my wall, <laughs> but tired, tired of this dude, like tired of the spoiler. Like we've, we've said it a million times. I almost just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I do. actually, I don't really. Apart, you have said everything that I would would want to say about that match, and just like, yeah, there's just so many other things that you could do with him, and it's so formulaic. It's to you know what that's what it is. It's formulaic in the way some a lot of WWE's matches are, where it's like everyone has their moves and they do their moves and then it's over. I feel like that's changed a little bit with some of these last pay per views we watch, but like that, I felt like happened a little bit with like. Um, I know everyone has like the same moves they do, but it seems like in WWE, it's like they have the same, it's like the same, um, what is the word? Like choreography for it, where it's like they happen in the same spots every right. time. And then it's like, okay, I know what's happening. I, I don't even, at the do hard need, cam, John. Yeah. Do I need to watch this? Probably not. That's how like evil's matches are. It's like, just tell me who won. Cause I know if evil won, Dick Togo helped out. If he didn't win someone Shingo in this case, was strong enough to sort of, you know, he was po- on a, his power ranking was high enough to sort of deal with Togo and Evil, and yeah, it's like it's so annoying. It's not, it's not even. Yeah, it's it, like good for Shingo, but like just bad for everybody else. Yeah, and oh yeah, dude, the the kind of like circling back to Finley versus Osprey, I feel like B Priestley really added a lot to this match where. Um, Finley goes for the acid drop and then Osprey just threw him out of the ring. And like right. Finley just starts blood curdling, like screaming, like his like foot has been broke. And B B Priestley like walks over and like she's like yelling some things off camera, but when they cut back and they show her, she's like she looks like concerned for Finley. But then when they cut away, she's like yelling like, you know, get in the ring, Will, like this you know, you're gonna win or whatever, like whatever she's screaming. I couldn't hear what she was saying. But like do you I think that, that added a lot. somehow to the? Do you think that ties in somehow to the uh, Osprey giving oh, her the cutter? I actually hadn't even considered that. I was just mostly kind of leading to say that that is an example of how like sort of someone who's interfering can add to the match. Like I think she absolutely th- yeah. throughout like throughout all of Osprey's matches when she did interfere, like when she got in front of Osprey uh, a few times with um, Shingo too, like in the main event. Uh, like it's like oh Chingo's not gonna like jump on to be Priestley and it's, it's protecting Osprey in this way where it's like legal interference, not like I'm gonna pull red shoes out, punch him, 
pull out a Garrett, start choking Shingo. Red Shoes sees this, still not get thrown out for some reason. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was that the one thing that this show was missing was a Garrett. I thought there was a Garrett actually. And there was. <laughs> you missed I totally it. just I. Yeah I, the, I, yeah, I was not paying attention during that match, I'll be honest. Before we move to the main, just the finisher, finishing sequence, finishing sequence of the main and the, uh, in, of, and Finley versus Osprey. Finley goes for oh an acid God, drop. Tomb, Osprey does a tombstone reversal, gets him into a tombstone position, but then flips him up into a midair powerbomb, like somehow flips him from being in a tombstone up onto his shoulders. Wow. He's a man, Crazy. like a grown, like, Finley's like probably weighs like close to two hundred pounds. Like he's like a, a That's man. That's why I love fucking Will Hosprey, man. Like <laughs> then Osprey power bombs him, him. Like, and then picks him up from a power bomb and wrenches it into a stormbreaker. Like, and speaking of like incredibly like just just feats of athleticism, the entire match of Osprey versus Shingo was that. Just a barn burner. I don't burner. understand Shingo. Like he's. He's like a hoss. Like, he can stand uh, toe-to-toe with Ishii, absorb his blows, give his own blows, but also is, like, some, like, can high fly with Osprey? Like, yes. He's just... That's a good point, actually. Like, whose presentation is that I, seamless? I, I, I keep that trying to figure out Shingo, man. I'm like, why is he so cool? He has, I mean, he has, like, one of the coolest finishers. His moves are awesome. He looks like a dragon. Like, his chest is out, and he looks like a fucking ass. But, like, I always, whenever I watch a shingle match, I'm trying to figure out why I like him so much. And I think that's part of it. It's, like, he's so hard to classify as a wrestler. He just can, he can kind of do it all. Yeah, he, he, he is wild. Because, yeah, in those Ishii like matches. he hits a fucking reverse fucking Hurricane Rana on <laughs> Osprey at a certain point. Like, he hits a fucking Poison Rama. It was, like, uh, one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Yeah, well, and... It's it is weird because there are times where he could, I guess that's the thing though because there was a transition point when he came into New Japan he came in as a super junior, and then I forget what was the right. match that he said like I'm a heavyweight now but there was something happened this would have been like probably 2019 to 2020 like in between that time 2019 to 2020 at some point he was like I'm a heavyweight now I think yeah because 2019 so similar transition as Osprey that's interesting yes he had a six super junior match again I believe against show uh in 2019 and was like ripping it up as a super junior in the super junior division in 2019 and then was like no I'm not a super junior I'm gonna start challenging the heavyweight division we've seen him build up to this point and to what you're saying, it's wild that he can, like, he feels like a hoss when he's against Ishii. Like, it's not like he just yes. can hang with him. Like, Hiromu has, like, a sort of, Hiromu is a junior and can, like, hang with everybody. Right. But yes. Shingo feels like a hoss when he's against yes. Ishii. And then against Osprey, yeah, he's pulling out poison ranas. And he, like, goes, he, he goes for a pumping bomber, and then Osprey reverses it into a Spanish fly. And he's oh, hitting, like, dude. Spanish flies... Standing Spanish flies, Spanish flies off the top rope, like man. The and then Osprey jumping out the ring to hit an os cutter on Shingo <laughs> to the outside like on the ground, and then like, putting the him fuck? onto a table. Immediately putting him onto a table, four fifty splash, rolls him back in through the table, rolls him back into the ring, shooting star press, then absorbs a pumping and then bomber. He kicks out. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that four fifty splash through the table, like. 
he it was so perfect like if he like one less like a half a second less and he would not have hit it he hits it so perfectly like it goes like right through drew it, it like <laughs> like drew it from reverse like drew him and then was like reverse tracked it so right like, how can we get the perfect 450 splash it was absolutely unreal um yeah, I mean, I I was happy to see either of these people win the tournament because they're again like two of our favorites. Um, but it's really cool that Will Osprey win it won it. But it also makes me think that that means that he's not going to win the title right now because it's too early. Yeah, and I, in my mind, like before the tournament had happened, I was thinking they would go Shingo versus Ibushi because that's like a sick match, and like Shingo's not going to beat Ibushi right now for the titles. Like that's like totally. And it just I don't feel like for how like new japan kind of does like title changes it doesn't unless they're wanting a surprise doesn't feel like there's enough like story between shingo and ibushi for like that to me is the perfect sakura genesis uh main event because it's yeah, typically totally. not that significant is uh so which it, it sort of sucks that it's that they're blowing their water on osprey i was hoping this would be wrestle kingdom um i hope that, hope this i mean i'm sure that they'll deliver a sick match I wonder if, like, because Osprey said he will do anything, so I wonder if there's, like, interference, like, shenanigans. Which really reminded me of the Stone Cold Rock promo, where Stone Cold's like, I, like, I want, I need that belt, Rock. Like, I need it more than you could possibly understand. Yeah. Like, yeah. I do what I need to do to get it. And that's when he signs, uh, or not signs, but uh, makes a, a deal with the devil himself, Vince McMahon, and uh, hits hits Rock with the, with the chair at... Uh, at, at, at WrestleMania 17, so a good a good story they could do would be to have Will Ospreay cheat, but like somehow do it in a way that's like super not annoying, like with Togo. <laughs> I don't know, like just an incredibly hard fought match, and then he just does something dastardly at the last moment and just like fucking kill, like kills Ibushi, steals the title, and then Ibushi has to win it back at, from him at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, well, I maybe even sooner, like at Dominion or something. Uh, I, oh, yeah. Okay, well, then... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I just don't think... I think Ibushi just retain... Like, in my mind, Ibushi will retain the title and just, like, continue defending it. Uh, I, I personally feel like they changed the name of the title because of the partnership, partly... not. 100% because of, and this is all obviously speculation. But, but because of partnerships in general, so they can defend the... The, the world points. title. And then the IWGP yeah. heavyweight history remains within New Japan. And now this sure. new title will be... De- and Ibushi is the right person, at least for as right the, now. the inaugural champ. Yeah, if Okada yeah. can't go at full, like, you know, can't kind of, like, do his, like, full-on, like, one-hour, seven-star matches, then let Ibushi be the one that is doing that. Which uh, I think he can. I think he probably still can. He, uh, I don't, I don't, maybe we haven't talked about this. Meltzer reported about it a little while ago that Okada is like, oh. one of the reasons he switched to this WWF superstar style is because of some injuries that he has. Like, uh, poor guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Cause it's like, I mean, like it really is like, I mean, we've enjoyed it because it's been cool to kind of like reminisce, like early '90s sort of like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, like six to eight move matches, and to see someone like one of the greatest 
Yeah, see someone as good as Okada just kind of like play around. Doing a big like boot and a, like a money, yeah, a, a basically a Cobra Clutch. Like I think it's sick as shit. I, I know do some too. people don't like it, but it's like Okada's done tons. Like right. It's not like he's at the top of his game. Like he's, he's if he retired today, he would be one of the greatest, maybe Ever. the greatest of all time. Like, and even in that, um, he's still having sick matches like he did with Shingo. And, you know, the, the when those opportunities arise, like the crazy match he had with Osprey in the G1 where Osprey jumped over the yeah. turnbuckle like diagonally out to the outside. <laughs> uh, what a freak of nature. But yeah, um, Osprey won he, this. Hated the, hated the end of this. Didn't like, like that uh, angle. Doing the cutter on B Priestley. I don't think it's necessary for him to go. See, I just cuttered her. So like, what do you think I'm going to do to you? It's like, well, I'll probably cut her him too. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we know. know. I don't know. Just a stupid, a stupid like angle. Like, oh, I'll, I'll beat my girlfriend. That's how much I want to beat you it's like all right you know that's a will you know will pitch that yes like he's just oh, such a dumb dude. dumb like i love the guy he's so dumb like always says the wrong thing like <laughs> right yeah no i'm gonna give her a cutter right like a, i cut a brie and then i say i need the title and they're like what like you don't have to you don't have to do it's like no right yeah what if, I, what if i hit her with a baseball bat you really don't have to do this well like it doesn't make it doesn't make it better. we know you want the title um, like we the we fans get, we know get it. we get it. yeah you know, like it's like yeah <laughs> yeah it's it it's a th- it's like if it just felt random like outside of the fact that it like you know bringing into like the you know taste and sort of like how that seems like what you it's just like weird it's like oh this tag this guy that's been like it would be like if finley turned on juice for no reason well for no there's been no hinting at like like B has just helped him throughout every match and has been there to basically help him win. Like Juice also is his real life partner, so yeah. obviously, like, will still be unless they're doing something where B is gonna like. See, that's the thing. It's like if B stays with Osprey at this point, it's gonna be shitty. Like people are gonna not like that at all. Like it'll be it'll be part of the discourse. Like why is you know what I mean? And be like why is Bree sta- uh, B staying with Osprey? And then there'll be people like you don't understand abuse, and it'll just become like a like it'll become a, a talking point in the worst way. Hopefully, so it's almost like she needs to like leave him. Yeah, and or hopefully it just is like a misstep that's forgotten. Like I don't know. Like maybe yeah, that would also be nice. Like kind of the like the explosion like. Not, there's no rewriting that, like what he did, but like you know, I don't know, like it, like maybe it could just be like I, I, the two of them together, it, it's like Osprey is great on his own. He feels like you know the total package, but I feel like she does add something to his matches and to his sort of overall persona and look. Like it's like she totally, she has this like presence and attitude that I think really like is like a cool factor in the matches and we know that she's like a great professional wrestler in her own right too. So it's cool that she's like, I was just going to say like my, the, the, I think maybe the first match we watched in quarantine once the quarantine started oh. was, um, the main event of that pay-per-view. I can't remember what it was called, like Wednesday mania or something like that. But, uh, was Will Ospreay versus Bea Priestley. Yeah. And it was an awesome intergender match. Like it was, it ruled. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. That was really fun. Uh, and I think you're correct, yeah, because that was like, it was like just when, like, kind of the world shut down, and he was like, I, "We got to do something. Like, we need to wrestle, so we'll just wrestle each other safely, you know, yeah. in a in a ring in an empty room." Uh, 
yeah, that was great. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the main event of Sakura Genesis. Like, I can't wait to see Ibushi Osprey. I'm like, not looking forward to anything else on that card other than maybe the uh, the uh, junior, junior heavyweight tag team. Yeah, that'll but be that'll probably be fun. Well, and Rapungi, yeah, Rapungi 2K you can't really go wrong with. But yeah, it's all yeah, just exactly. everything else is just kind of uh, yeah. Like you said, so. it's like a road to it's a road to Sakura Genesis card. Yeah. Yeah, and they've been so, doing that. I, like the only difference that. is it's not like all six. Actually, it is a lot of six man. I was gonna say it's not all six man, but it's a lot of there's no, a lot of like, like four on and four. I made like, the point that maybe they want to do something different because they've only had singles matches like in the New Japan Cup after a little bit. But also on those cards they have six men, so there's there really is no excuse other than like we don't have enough good stories to tell at this moment. Right, like. I would. Why isn't? I wonder what's going on with Tana. Like, why isn't he uh, defending the Never Belt on that card? But yeah, excited for Secure Genesis. Uh, excited for the WrestleMania. NXT. Excited. I'm excited for WrestleMania, despite myself, and also excited for the GCW shows we're going to be watching. Can't wait. And uh, I, I'm genuinely excited to see Christian versus Kaz uh, on AEW Dynamite. Me too. Yeah. Let's see what Christian can do. Let's see if he can outwork everybody. Dude, so much. There is so much good wrestling to watch right now, and I'm pumped. We're gonna I'm watch. It's ended. Dude, we're gonna watch John Woo films. We're gonna watch Takeover. We're gonna watch GCW. We're gonna watch <laughs> WrestleMania. We're gonna watch John Claude Van Damme films. I we're gonna watch a lot of stuff over the next couple of weeks. John and everyone else, if you haven't already, do yourself a favor and watch the movie Hard Boiled by John Woo, 1990. Uh, his last uh, Chinese movie absolutely one of the best action movies of all time I will be watching that this week this has been another episode of the Torture Rack Podcast you can follow my co-host John F. Malta at John F. Malta on all social media you can follow me Mark Basque at Waste of Taste on Instagram you can follow us at Torture Racked on Instagram and guys if you like the podcast feel free to leave us a review it really helps uh, the podcast, and we'd really appreciate it. And it'll help us find new people to join the Torture Act Wolf Pack.